Hallelujah. 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 I've said in my words, says the Lord, that the enemy, that he does come to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I say to you today, don't let him steal your heart. Don't let him pull you away into something such as fear or something even worse, something that's perverse. Guard your heart with all diligence, says the Lord. Keep it right with me. I never leave you. I never forsake you. And I'm with you now. I'm the great I am. And I want to raise you up and sustain you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you helped me minister this word this morning. Father, I just thank you that you give me utterance. And I speak boldly as I ought, making known the mystery of the gospel. Father, I just thank you that you anoint my lips, Father God. I thank you for the stirring on the inside of me this morning to bring your word, Father God. It's an honor to be able to do that. Father, we love you. We love you. I speak peace over every heart and every mind right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I hope you guys are in the presence of God at your house because because we are right here in our little small group here. Hey, thank you very much. We have such a talented worship team. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As I began to pray this week, the Lord gave me this word, and it just came to me. I've, I've known about this for a really long time. But, but we've been to, we always talk about Psalm 91 in this church because I believe it's, it's a staple for us. You know, it's, it's important for us to embrace Psalm 91, to have it on the inside of us. But in the King James Version, the word because comes up. And because is a conjunction, a supportive preposition. And, and here's what it, the, the definition, it says this. Used to introduce a word or a phrase that stands for a clause expressing an explanation or a reason. Another short version of it says this, for the reason that, because, for the reason that, or since. So in Psalm 91 and verses 9 through 11, it says this, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge. A refuge is a, a shelter, a thing over you. And even the Most High, he's the King of kings and he's the Lord of lords, your dwelling place. Now, a dwelling place is where, it, it's where you reside. And, and, and then it goes on to say this, no evil shall befall you. See, because you made him your refuge and your dwelling place, then it says this, for the reason that you've done that, no evil shall befall you. Now, now take that right now. No evil shall befall me. And you need to tell yourself that all the time. And then he goes on to say this. Neither shall any plague. You know what that is? That's a, a coronavirus. It's a disease or, or a pestilence. Not any plague shall come near your dwelling. And there's two ways you can think about dwelling. It's, it's the place where you live, but it's also the place where he lives. 
He lives on the inside of you, and no plague shall come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. You know, in Psalm 23 and verse 4, David says this, Even when I walk through the the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort. You know, it's the rod that protects us, and it's the staff that, that gives us comfort. Comfort in, the, in, in any day that we have, any kind of dilemma that we may face. And in Isaiah 54 and verse 17, it says this, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now write these down, and I want you to confess these all the time. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. It says you. Even even when a tongue or a thought rises up against you, you condemn that. And then it goes on to say two things, and I love this. It says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Now, when he says heritage, that's an inheritance or something valuable that can be passed down to you. And in Proverbs 13, 22, it says, A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. What I'm talking about here is our faith that we have in God can be passed down to our children, and it, be, and it can be passed down to our children's children. Uh, this lady I worked with, her name was uh, Lois. I used to work with Lois at Longmont Christian School. And Lois had gone to her father-in-law's funeral. Now, at the funeral... Uh, she, she said that, that the father-in-law, had, he, had, he, had, he had done well, but all his sons had actually surpassed him when it came to wealth and, and when it came to uh, possessions. But each one of the siblings, his sons and daughters, began to stand up and talk about the inheritance they'd received from their dad. And it was about his faith. It was about his trust that he had in God. And they said that was more valuable. And because he had put the word of God on the inside of them, that that was more valuable to them than, than anything that they had done or that God had blessed them with. Their faith was like a treasure to them. But listen to this. Then the grandkids, all of their grand, his grandkids began to stand. And they began to testify about the heritage that had been passed down to them through their parents the heritage of loving God and walking with him and trusting him and knowing that he never leaves them and he never forsakes them now I believe that can happen in to anybody I desire that for my own house to pass down this faith this truth that's on the inside of me pass it down to my children and my grandchildren but here's the important part is Whoever it's passed down to has to receive it. It's important that each one of us, that when the word of God is preached to us, and when we have the opportunity to become a Christian and to walk with him, that we, we receive that. We receive the spirit of God that's on the ins- and let it be on the inside of us. Psalm 91 and verse 14 and 15, this this little word because, for the reason that, shows up again. And it says, because you have set your love upon me. How do you do that? You ask him 
You ask him to be your Lord and your Savior. And you love him with all your heart. And he says this, therefore, I will deliver him. When you set your love upon the Lord, I will deliver him. And I will set him on fire. On high. I'm sorry. I will set him on high. And in Ephesians 2, 6, it says this, that God raised us up in the, in the heavenlies, in the heavenly realm with Jesus. So he'll raise us up. So here it comes again, because you have known my name, the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name. And you know about his love and his mercy and his kindness. It goes on to say this, he shall call upon me, call upon the Lord. It's important that every day when we pray, we call upon him and speak his word to him. And then it says this, he will answer you. God wants to answer you. And I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and I will honor him. Now, isn't that amazing? It's important for us to honor God in all that we do. But this says that because we know his name and we call upon him, he hears us and he doesn't just deliver us, but he honors us. So because there's, I'm going to tell a couple of stories about for the reason that there's, there's two stories that I'm going to share with you today. And, and, and it says, these are people that have made the Lord, their refuge, their dwelling place. They love him and they call upon his name, and, and, and they know his name. They know his name, and they call upon his name. And the first one is, is in that word while ago, I, I thought maybe somebody had been reading my notes this morning. It's about that storm that the Lord mentioned. But that's awesome because the Spirit of God's amazing that he tells people things at the same time. And so I'll, I want to read this story in Mark chapter 4, and it's verses 35 through 41. And this is in the New Living. And it says, And evening came, or when as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. Well, sure they did. I mean, they were taking Jesus, and people desire to be with Jesus. But as soon as a fierce storm came up, high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat, and his head was on a cushion. But then it says this, the disciples worked, they woke him shouting. You know, what that tells me is the storm that was all around them. The storm, the waves, the wind, could have been thunder and lightning. And sometimes when a storm is around us, we let it get on the inside of us. The storm was not just around them, it was on the inside of them. And this was called, it's called an emotional storm. A disturbed or aggravated state or in an uproar. These guys were in an uproar. So, so when they said this word, teacher, they weren't messing around. That, and it just reminds me, is I'm a parent, and all, anybody who's a parent, you can relate to this. There are times when your kid said something like, Dad, then you go, what? You're not really concerned about that, and then they begin to talk to you. But I remember this one particular situation where, where one of the kids came into the house, and, and, and he said this, Mom! 
And then he began to tell us how his brother had been bitten by a dog. And, and I don't know about your wife, but when my wife hears a call like that, get out of the way. She ran out the door, and it was like Peter and John running to the tomb. She outran me. She got to the place where she needed to be. Why? Because of the urgency of the cry that they had. And you know, the storm that was all around them, that didn't wake Jesus. But when he heard their name, they go, when he heard his name, them speak his name, it says, they said, Are, don't you even care that we're going to drown? It woke him up. And then the next verse, it says this, Jesus uh, it says, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, peace, be still, or silence. You know, and I, I, the Lord showed me this morning when I was thinking about this, that there are a lot of you out there today that need to speak peace to the turmoil that's on the inside of you. The thoughts that you're just going over and over and over say, peace, be still. And then here's what happened. It says, suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Now, I believe he's talking about the sea here. But you know what? The disciples, I would imagine there was a great calm over them too. Because the storm around them was gone. Then the storm on the inside of them began to release. And they were calmed down. And then it goes on to say this. It says, suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. And, and the Bible says this, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. God wants to be with us right now, every single one of us. You know, I, I don't really like being at the house all the time by myself, and I'll admit that I go to the store and or I went to Ace Hardware yesterday just because I like to get out. I don't touch anybody. I stay six feet away. But it's hard for me to do that. And, but I know this, that even if we are in our home, Jesus is there. And he always wants to be with us. And he comforts us. And he wants to comfort us. And then he asked them this, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? He kind of rebuked them a little bit and got on to them. But Proverbs 3, 5 says this, that we need to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. That's why it's so important that we stay in the word of God and we put it in our heart and we guard it on the inside. That when our emotions try to take over or our own understanding can lead us astray. And that's why we need to meditate on the word day and night to do according to all that is written therein. It's important that we do that. Hallelujah. The Bible goes on to say this. The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They ask each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Well, let me say this. He's still calming storms. He's still healing the sick, and he's still saving souls. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, he's calming the storm. I believe that right now, this storm that we're in, this, this 
virus. Right now, I believe he's at work. And because we've been calling out to him, and he will answer us. And not just answer us. He's, he's on the scene right now. And he's going to take care of us. So don't be afraid. I speak peace to your heart and to your mind right now. Hallelujah. One more story. And this is about Paul. And, and Paul got in trouble for preaching the gospel. And, and so it had come to the place to where he was going to have to, uh, he was sent to Rome to, be, uh, to receive judgment from the emperor, Caesar. He, and he was going there, and they went from Asia to Rome, and they went by ship. And so, so when they started out the journey, that it wasn't very good because there were winds against them, and it just hadn't gone too far. But in verse 10, he said this, we, got, we can't continue because if we do, there's trouble ahead, and we'll be shipwrecked, and we'll have loss of cargo, and there's danger for our lives. And so... The prophet or the man of God spoke to them. And, you know, I, I just wonder if maybe that in the last year, some of the prophets saying they'd been talking about this. It's important for us, and I really believe this, that what they were saying is it's time for the church to be pure. It's time for the church to not embrace the world anymore because we're so different. And we need to be a light to the people out there that don't know anything about Jesus. And it's time for us. We've been hearing about it. So here it is right now. And, and right now we need to be stronger than ever so we can be a beacon in this trouble. Well, anyway, they didn't listen to him. They thought it would, well, the, the guy's name was Julius. He was in charge of the prisoners. He decided to go with the advice of the captains. Okay, because they know more than the preacher. <laughs> And so, here's what happened. I'm going to take up the story in, in verse 18. And, and you know, there had been a storm before I do that. There had been such a storm that they were in that they threw their anchor out to keep them from hitting the rocks on the bank. And also, they took the ropes and they wrapped it around the bow of the boat so it would strengthen it. But the storm just kept coming and coming and coming. And in verse 18, it says, The next day, a gale force, wind, gale force winds continued to, to batter the ship. The crew began throwing the cargo overboard. Remember the cargo thing? The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars, until at last all hope was gone. Don't lose hope. Don't ever lose hope. Hope connects us. We need to hope. And then it says in verse 21, it says, No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this danger and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your life, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. I love that. The angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. 
I don't know if that's good news or bad news. But, but I, I know this, that it was a, an assurance that they were going to make it. And so he said, what's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God will be, will be just as he said. I, I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Now, if you read the story, it says this, that they truly were shipwrecked. But there are 276 people, everybody on board, everything that the Lord spoke through the angel, everything happened just as he said. And they, they, were, they were safe. And so the next day, while they were there, he was, he was helping the locals build a fire. And, and you know the story, how it goes like this. But it was that while they're getting the wood, they're piling it up there. All of a sudden, a snake comes out and gets it. He bites him on the hand. And so then he just goes, get off me. And he just kind of shook it off. And at that time, they thought he was a god. <laughs> And they began, they, they just wanted to worship him. But, but there was a man there, and, and his name was Publius. And, and his father was sick. And he took him to pray for his father because he had the coronavirus. Oh, no, it was called the Malaysia flu. <laughs> and so, but anyway, he took him there. And when he prayed for his father, his father was healed. And his father, after that happened, there were many other people that he, he began to pray for. Now, remember last week when, when I, I was talking to you about the word crisis in, in the uh, Chinese language? They don't have really a word for that. So they take two word groups and they put them together. And the meaning of one is this. It means danger. But then the other one is opportunity. And so they, there was danger, but it became an opportunity because before Paul left there, all the people on this, this island called Malta, and actually, by the way, Malta is called refuge. <laughs> or, 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 the definition, or that's what it means, refuge. So they found this place of refuge, and they begin to preach, and all those people, they received Jesus Christ as their Lord. And so I can see this going to happen, you guys. That through this, people's hearts will turn to God. And they'll turn to us. And when they do, you know what we need to do is we need to be ever ready to tell them about the hope that is on the inside of us. We need to be in the word and excited about what God is going to do in this situation. So they took this, this opportunity to pray for people, and, and we're going to have that opportunity too. I believe you're going to have, not everybody, but people will have an opportunity to pray for the sick. You know, the Bible says that we lay hands on them and they shall recover. All through this message here, I was thinking that, that we do something because we do something. God does something. Because we give our heart to him, then, then he protects us. Because we trust in his name, then, then he, he, he tells us no evil will befall us. Because we do that. And then God does that. See, God is the one with the power. And when we lay hands on the sick, it's not 
our power. We just obey God, and then the Spirit and the power and the anointing of God goes in them, and He does the healing. And I believe that right now that the healing power of God is going into anybody who's been afflicted by this awful disease. I believe right now as I speak the Word of God, the Bible says by Jesus' stripes that you are healed, and I curse that disease in the name of Jesus Father, I thank you that Jesus took stripes for them and with his stripes that they are healed. Father, I just thank you that you sent your word. You know, and I believe that they say it's in the air or whatever. Your word, Father God, is more powerful than anything in the air. And I believe that you sent your word and you've delivered them. You've healed them and you've delivered them from all their destructions. Hallelujah. I just want to tell you this. Don't be afraid. I, and, and just keep trusting that this thing is going to come to an end. Because it will. It really will. If we, but it's our part to call out to him, Lord, and tell him. Worship him. Just like we did a while ago. You can worship God at home. You can worship. Just get together and begin to put your hands in the other, or in the air, and and tell God how much you love Him. Amen, amen. Well, I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to uh, end the service this morning. And and this week I'll be sending some little short videos to you. We're going to continue to call you on the telephone. We're going to reach out to you by email. I love what the the children's and and the youth pastor is doing to reach your kids, to teach them the truth, to put the word of God on the inside of them, which creates faith. You know, the thing I've noticed about kids, I've been around them a whole lot, and kids just trust God. It's so easy for them to do that. Because they, maybe it goes back to when, when, when the disciples were asking who's going to be the greatest. Jesus brought a little child in the midst of them. And, it said, and he said this, unless you become like this little child, you won't even enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus loves kids. He loves teenagers and he loves you. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus that you continue to be with us. I thank you, Father God, that your word is, it, it abides on the inside of us and it brings strength to us. It helps us in all situations. Father God, we love you. Father God, I thank you in the days to come. Help the staff and I to communicate with people and to reach out to them and to show the love of God to them, Father. I thank you with every phone call. That, that we, can, we can pray for them and we can calm them. That we can bring comfort to each and every one of them. I speak peace to them now in the name of Jesus. Father, I, I declare this though. That the spirit of panic is gone. I come against it in the name of Jesus. The spirit of fear, I speak Jesus to you. And Father, I just thank you that you continue to be with us. Hallelujah. (laughs) Your word says you never leave us and you never forsake us. All right. Praise the Lord. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Remember this. We love you and we miss you. And I can't wait to be with you in the presence of God while we're in the presence of you. Hallelujah. Thank you.